Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. God takes your soul, you're on your own. The crow flies straight, the perfect line. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a live edition of Weigh-In Sports Talk. I am your host, Brian Tarvin. Hopefully, we'll be joined with co-host Trey Patterson tonight. We are having some technical difficulties. Surprise, surprise. We've been out, I think, two weeks almost. We've had so much going on and some, some personal issues we've had to deal with. But, you know, I thought coming back after two weeks, we may have a parade or something. But Blog Talk Radio decides the studio doesn't want to work. And you may ask why I'm here then, but I can actually call into the studio with my pen and actually log in without a connection. So right now I'm trying to get a connection for everybody so our guests can call in the show, our chat room can get up and running. But right now I'm not having any luck, so... Like I said, bear with me for just a few minutes. I need my co-host here tonight. We're going to go about an hour, a lot to cover, so we need to go in high gear, and I need some help. So hopefully Trey will be with us shortly. But since we've been gone, there's been a, a big shakeup in the college football polls. The Auburn Tigers went from three down to eight, down to 14. I mean, maybe I, I need to start doing shows so my own team can win but they have caught a cold streak right now and they they haven't been able to win a, a game in a while so hopefully they'll rebound this Saturday against Sanford but there is a new number one team out there it didn't take long the Alabama Crimson Tide went to Baton Rouge one at night two weeks ago they didn't feel like they were getting the respect that they deserved and they beat Mississippi State Really, that game wasn't as close as it appeared to be. Uh, the committee and most people in the country vote, and they, they agree that Alabama is the number one team, the number two team, the Oregon Ducks, number three, Florida State, number four, Mississippi State. Didn't fall far, losing a road game against number five. You can't penalize them too much. So here they are in the top four. And what we're going to talk about tonight, some different scenarios that could take place with this, are you comfortable to think that if Mississippi State wins out, if Alabama wins out, are you confident that the committee will leave Mississippi State in that number four position? Just think of if there's no more upsets in college football, one through four went out, say Baylor, TCU went out. Do you think, and Ohio State wins out, do you think that Mississippi State will represent the SEC and the 14 playoff with Alabama. That's where we're going to debate tonight. And Trey, I, I know you're in there waiting. Bear with me. I'm trying to get into this studio. It's not letting me right now. So just bear with me just a moment. I'm sorry you're having to wait. And the call-in number tonight, once we get going, 646-716-5564. And, you know, we're going to talk football tonight mainly, 99%. But this 1% I'll talk about right now while while I'm trying to get this this show rolling college basketball last night if, if you love college basketball then you should have been glued to the seat last night 
two, I mean, final four feeling matchups early in the season, Duke, Michigan State, Kentucky, Kansas. And I I, I heard people yesterday uh, talking about Kansas like they had a real good shot to beat Kentucky. You know, the point spread was only like six or seven in that game. But Kentucky, I mean, people forget. They soon forget that this team last year, as bad as they they played early in the season, these guys gelled together, made it all the way to a championship game. They did lose Randall, Julius Randall, but all of a sudden they're reloaded with with they have like nine McDonald All Americans on this team. And last night they dominated a very good Kansas Jayhawk team with a lot of NBA talent on it. I mean, they humiliated. I remember when I was I was playing rec ball in school one time, and, and we played an all-star team from Mobile, Alabama. We're about 16 years old, and and these guys have kids and wives in the stands. They're dunking the ball. We were totally outmatched, out-physical, just out-manned. And that's how exactly Kentucky was treating Kansas last night. You looked at Kansas, they had no shot of being in that game, none whatsoever. Looking on their face, I've never seen a Kansas team demoralized like that. And I'm trying to – I see a number in the studio. Trey, let me know when you're on, buddy. I'm trying to get you on so your mic will be hot. We're having so many issues right now. No chat room working. I'm still trying to get the studio up. But I do see your phone number, and I'm trying. It's still it's still searching for your number right now. But, but Kentucky, I mean, is it even fair to say that – a week into the season that that everyone else is playing for second place, Trey. Yeah, are you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks. I, you finally came on. I'm <laughs> I'm still trying to get the rest of the studio up, the chat room going, and I've I've been trying for 20 minutes to get this thing working. So I'm, I'm glad I got you. I see Sonia and Jason. I think that's them that's in there, but I just can't hit the button to bring them on right now. I only have like a eighth of a screen. So Trey, tell me what you th- what you think about the Kentucky Wildcats. Am I crazy to sit here and say that that it could be over before it even gets started? This Kentucky team is scary, man. Well, I mean they're they're good, but recall the game right before they played Kansas, so they didn't look so hot and they almost got upset. So, I mean any team is beatable, especially when they have lapses or focus, you know that kind of stuff. I think Kentucky is going to be really good when it matters against really good teams. Uh, because they have that kind of talent. I mean, they're, they're going to be really good when it comes to tournament time. I think they'll lose a couple games during the year, um, but I think they're going to be really good when it matters. So playing in the SEC in basketball is not like playing in football. No. Do you think play, playing in this week conference is going to hurt them when it gets tournament time that they haven't really been challenged and they get to the tournament? Say they're 28-2 and two or – Thirty and one, something like that. How bad is that going to hurt them once once they get into that elite eight? Well, I, I think it. I, this team had most of the, a lot of these guys went there last year, so I'm not sure it's going to hurt them. Uh, I think they'll be relatively healthy come tournament time because of it. Um, so I, I don't, I don't imagine they're going to be hurt at all. Yeah, but but Duke, you know, I watched them last night against Michigan State. I know Michigan State was missing a couple players. I actually like both of these teams a lot. Duke has improved tremendously, Trey, since last season. Mike Krzyzewski, I think he knows that this is a team that he has that can make a run all the way to the championship. What do you think about the Duke Blue Devils? Well, I think Duke's real special. I mean, they have 
one of the premier players and a lot of people had and the number one player in the country right now um, for their all, I mean, sort of the all-American, you know, number one all-American, if you will. Um, and so I think they're going to have a shot. We'll see what Duke looks like throughout the tournament because, I mean, you got to think about Duke plays in a very, very good hard basketball conference and the fact that they have the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be, they're going to be tested, Tarvin. I mean, they already played Michigan State, so we're gonna we're gonna really know a lot about Duke. Where I think Kentucky is going to have a much easier road, um, but I would imagine Kentucky is going to be there. I think Duke is probably going to be there as well. Yeah, the ACC looks good this year. I mean, Miami went on the road to Florida. Florida hasn't lost a game there in years, and they lose to Miami. I mean, the ACC. I mean, I'm excited to see what comes out of the ACC. But again, we're not going to talk a ton of basketball tonight. I just wanted to to throw that out there that Kentucky is is loaded again and it's it's sad because if you're sitting out there you're pulling for a team like Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee. I mean, what are you what are you cheering for? To to be runner up in the conference because there's mm-hmm. nobody in the SEC that's capable of beating the Kentucky Wildcats. Well Trey, I mean we, we haven't met in two weeks here. Your Florida State Seminoles, were they ranked one or or two when we last met? I believe uh, in the- they were ranked, I think, two in the college football poll, maybe two or three. They've been they've been three for two weeks. So, in the college, now, they're obviously you know about rankings. It's you know number number three in the college football poll now, number one in both the polls. It don't matter. So, you know the rankings are all over the place, and I think that's why we're seeing such a drastic change sort of week to week in the committee. I think they're just. I'll tell you this, Trevor. I think the committee is jockeying around with the, the rankings. Not just necessarily because the you know oh, we look at it each week and we re-rank everybody. I think it's so they don't set up a, a basically an end of the year scenario where teams that automatically expect to be ranked in a certain place. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about you know we talked about on this show the SEC possibly getting two teams in. I thought it would. I mean you know there are scenarios now where they could not even get one in, but. Mississippi State at the number four position. I'm, I'm still not trusting the committee trade to the point where Mississippi State wins out, Alabama both they both went out. Say Oregon and Florida State went out. These four teams. I mean, at the end of the season, once the conference championships are over, how much weight is a Big Ten championship going to carry for Ohio State or a Big Twelve championship for TCU or Baylor? I mean, are you going to leave Mississippi State at number four? If they don't win the SEC, and you're going to leave them behind, I mean, I, I'm worried about that. I think Baylor, TCU, maybe could make a push up ahead of Mississippi State. Well, I think a Big 12 champion with one loss deserves to be ranked over Mississippi State if they're not the SEC champion. And they're because I, I mean, here's the thing: I, I don't think that highly of Mississippi State. I haven't watched them a bunch this year. They've struggled against. I mean, it's funny how. We talk about some teams struggling, but we don't seem to talk about other teams. Um, and Mississippi State is one of those teams that haven't been that dominant throughout the year. They've been very sort of up and down in their play. Uh, you know, of course they lost on the road to Alabama, but uh, there's other games that I thought they could lose. So uh, I'm not sold on them being up there if we have a Big 12 champion with one loss, being Baylor or TCU. Uh, you and I have talked. I'm not a big Ohio State fan, so I, I could I could be okay with them being um, – Sort of getting in over a pack, excuse me, over a Big Ten champ, Ohio State with a loss, just because I look at that Ohio State loss and I just think, man, that's a that's a terrible loss to have. It really is. Yeah, I'm, and I'm telling you, and I I said this 
about Oregon before, and I, I've said it about Auburn. When they lose to A&M, anytime you lose at home to a team that you're 20-point favorite over, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. I don't care what the scenario is. Oregon, I know people have you high up. You don't deserve to be there. Auburn showed that they didn't deserve to be there. And Ohio State, you know, I can't get over a night game at the horseshoe getting beat by 14 points against a team that couldn't beat a high school team right now. So TCU and Baylor, I could see getting in over Mississippi State, but not a one-loss Ohio State Big Ten champion trade. They don't carry enough weight. Their schedule's not strong enough right now. And I, I'm not. I'm, I'm impressed that they've continued to win. I mean, you have to give Urban Meyer credit for developing the quarterback, but I could not see them competing against Alabama, uh, Florida State, teams like that, Mississippi State that's in there. So how far are we away from these, this thing being over? I mean, I still see a lot of games. I mean, this this whole entire Final Four could change in two weeks. That's how fluid it is right now for me in college football because I just don't see a, a team out there that's just totally dominant. Oh, yeah, there there is an A team. I'm including Alabama. I, I don't see a team out there that I think is incredibly dominant. I, I think Alabama right now is playing about as good as football as you can ask. Um, I, I don't think Florida State is playing as poorly as people think they are if they watch the games. Uh, I don't really have a problem with being ranked second or third. I really don't care. Um, you know, other than that, to be honest, I think Oregon's playing well enough now to be included in the conversation. I think people are saying they're automatic. I don't agree with that because, I mean, the Arizona loss, yeah, Arizona has proven to be a decent football team, but a home 22-point loss or whatever it is still bothers me, like you said. And other than that, Carvin, I look at the number four spot, and I, right now I couldn't tell you who I feel good about or who I feel is the number four deserving team. I just, I think that it's all over the place. I think you can make an argument if you're a Mississippi State fan. Uh, I think you have a, a good argument if you're a Baylor or TCU fan. And I think Ohio State, I, I just can't find an argument for Ohio State. And uh, I had a Twitter conversation with one of our, uh, oddly enough, some Ohio State follower we had. And uh, they, they they couldn't make an argument really for their I mean they really couldn't their argument was they were trying to tear down <laughs> other people's teams and I was like well that's all well and good but give me a, a positive that Ohio State has to bank on you know they blew out a couple of bad teams I mean I, I don't know what you put your hat on that's all they seem to have well I'll ask you this just in this crazy scenario what if a two loss Missouri team or a two loss Georgia team wins the SEC, what happens? I mean, do you, I, I don't think you could put Missouri or Georgia right now over a one-loss Big Ten Ohio State team. That's the only scenario I see Ohio State could get in. Yeah, I mean, that, if I'm the committee member, that's the only way they get in um, is because there is a two-loss scenario. Um, and I, I, I'm comfortable, Tarvin, with them being in over a two-loss Georgia team. I mean, I, I, I am. Um, because I think losses to me matter, and, and how you lose and who you lose to matter. And I look at Georgia, and they got two two bad losses in my book. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have a problem with with a one loss team like Ohio State getting in over a one loss team that's played a tougher schedule. I, I don't buy the game control made up bullcrap that comes from ESPN. I think that's stupid. Um, you know, we never heard about some made-up stat before in that regard. I remember, remember, Tarvin, I told you that ESPN was going to come up with a bunch of made-up stats and, and made-up You did. You, know, you did. I remember that. Yeah, and here we have it. It's game control. Um, 
And there are seasons that you go back, and I went back and I looked at some of the scores from like some of Alabama's years and, and some of the years at Ohio State, Miami. Some of these national champs, and look at their scores, and there's a lot of like really close games. And I was like, man, this not really doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything because what really matters is that you know, like Auburn did last year when they made the national championship game, they found a way to win, and that's really all that's required. And so I look at that kind of stuff, and I say. Ohio State, with that super easy schedule, couldn't find a way to win at home against a Virginia Tech team uh, that is now, by the way, four and five in the ACC, which we know is not a great conference. I, I have a problem with them being ranked just over about just about any one loss team. It really bothers me. Yeah, and I agree. And and you know, let me tell people I'm still trying to get this studio up. Be patient with me. The chat room. I'm, I'm I don't know what's going on. I can't even get into the studio right now. I do see barely. I see a seven seven zero number, and I know who that is. I think, but I can't get to them. Trey, you got lucky, but just bear with me, everybody. If you're in the studio and I can't see you, I'm not ignoring you. So just please, please hold on. But the the only scenario that I would leave an SEC team out is if Georgia or Missouri. I mean, I can't forgive them a home loss to Indiana for God's sake. Um, for Missouri, I'm sorry. You can beat Alabama by 40 points in the SEC championship game, and I still give you no respect for that because you lost to Indiana. And and I, I think it matters who you lose to, and this committee is showing that. Florida State, obviously, they haven't lost. Alabama lost a close game that they controlled for almost four quarters. They let it slip away on the road against a very good Ole Miss team. Um, this Mississippi State lost on the road to Alabama. That's the difference. TCU, they lost on the road at Baylor. They they choked away a big lead. So I, out of those teams, you don't hear me, me saying any bad any bad losses. Where I think Ole Miss has a bad loss in a way. They lost to LSU. I mean, I know it was on the road, but still, that was a bad loss. You can't lose to an unranked team and, and expect to to make the playoffs. So Ohio State, to me, they're SOL, and the only way they can make it is if Oregon choked it away. Say if Oregon loses. I don't think a two-loss Pac-12 champion's in, do you? No. And, and I think the Pac-12 is really I – mean, you look at the Pac-12, I, mean, I don't think they get a lot of credit. Um, they have – I think they're – one of their – south and north, I can't remember, has more ranked teams than any, any other division in football, if you will. I mean, so I think the Pac-12 is solid. I, I just right now, Tarvin, I, I just don't see a scenario where a lot of two-loss teams get in. And that, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that – yeah, you know Oregon is bad enough where the two loss teams. I just right now the way college football is, two losses mean you're kind of not considered it right right now. Now there's bedlam that can occur. I mean, imagine if you know, you could say Auburn beats Bama, Ole Miss beats Mississippi State, Oregon loses the Civil War. You know, then what do you do? I mean, you have a bunch of two loss teams that I think you have to start considering. But until sort of mayhem occurs, I think if you're two losses, you're sort of really hoping for some sort of crazy scenario. But but I'm telling you, if if things stay the same, everything happens the way it should, the Mississippi State fans out there that think that they're in this playoffs, I think they're they're delusional a little bit. And I'm not saying anything bad about Mississippi State. I think they're a, a great right now they're they're as good as it gets. I mean in college football right now with what they have. I'm very impressed with what they have, but their name isn't good enough right now to be jumping a conference champion like a TCU or a Baylor. And I know TCU struggled, which that could hurt them in this committee. They almost lost to Kansas. I mean, that's a bad, bad close win. 
But Baylor, if you're telling me that Baylor beat TCU, Baylor went on the road, destroyed Oklahoma, they beat everybody in front of them besides that road loss to West Virginia, and they win the conference with one loss, and you, you compare TCU and Baylor, you have to put Baylor ahead of TCU. But, but Trey, the big debate's going to be, do you put a one-loss Big 12 champion Baylor in over Mississippi State? And I say yes right now, and, and you know that's crazy. You'd think I'm an SEC homer. I like SEC football, but I just don't think they're going to leave a one-loss Big 12 champion out with Mississippi State not even winning their division. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really argue with you, and you know that um, I don't have a grudge against Mississippi State. I, I, I'm, a, I'm not a believer in Dak Prescott, I'll tell you that. Um, you know, I, I said earlier in the year, I didn't think he was a legitimate Heisman candidate. Uh, you know, people were making a lot of comparisons that I think were valuable. Um, and he played poorly against Alabama, and I saw a lot of people who said, hey, Dak Prescott, look at his numbers after the fact. I was like, hey, three terrible interceptions. Let's not, let's not forget that. Um, and I think that matters to me, Tarvin, because if I'm looking at Mississippi State as a team that can't win it when they're on their own sort of side of the, of the conference, and I put them up against the team, I let, and I'll consider the TCU as a you know a really exciting quarterback, and I'm looking at you know they win their conference champion, and I'm looking at Dak Prescott, who I'm like, nah, they can't win their side of the conference. To me, I agree with you, man. It's TCU or Baylor, you know, with Bryce Petty. I, I just think that matters. Um, but I think Mississippi State's a better team, though, Trey. I, I want to point that out. I think Mississippi State would be a better team than Baylor, but I just don't think this committee, they, they can't factor in conference championships yet because they haven't been played. But once it happens, once the dust settles, you got a one-loss Mississippi State team that finished second in the West versus a one-loss Baylor team or TCU team that won their conference, which – I think the Big 12 is the second-best conference right now. I put the Pac-12 third. So I think that's going to carry a lot of weight. And I don't think – I think the committee can make that decision and not get too much pushback. But if you're talking about a one-loss Bama team that, that didn't win the West, if that was the case, which it couldn't be, of course, but I think Alabama could get in because of their name. I don't think Mississippi State's there yet. Well, and I'll tell you, I'm not going as far to think that – I mean, I think Mississippi State's a fine football team. I mean, this year there's no telling who's best. I mean, we have no way to know. I mean, if Mississippi State were to get in somehow, who knows? I mean, they could win it all. I mean, there's really not an elite team. So, I just – if I had to rack and stack based on quality of team, I see a lot of weaknesses in Mississippi State. I see a lot of weaknesses in every team. Um, but I don't see enough strengths to put them over a team that I think has won something. Uh, so I, I'm not sure they are better than TCU or Baylor. I think maybe they're better than Baylor. I think TCU might be a push. I don't know. Um, well, And so I think when we're left with that, Parvin, I think that's why I'm leaning that way. Well, I just want everybody out there that's thinking this season's already over, that Bama's won the SEC already, that, that Oregon's won the Pac-12. I mean, it's it's almost time. We're two weeks away, Trey, where we've seen year in and year out rival games decide. I mean, they can crush a season. They can make a season. You saw the Auburn-Alabama game last year. The winner was going to Atlanta. The loser was out of it. And and we saw Auburn pull off a a stunning victory over a double-digit favorite Bama. I mean, are are Bama fans getting a little carried away, Trey, because I'm I'm seeing a lot of them talking about, and, and these are not the smart fans. These are fans already booking their tickets to Atlanta, 
for the SEC championship game, and they forget about the Iron Bowl. I mean, if you're an Alabama fan, do you do you think that Auburn game is a given, or do you do you really have to focus on it? No, I'll tell you right now, if I'm an Alabama fan, I am real concerned about Auburn. Uh, you know, I, I know both of them pretty much have two weeks to prepare for each other. They both play cupcakes, but I, I just think Auburn is going to be dangerous. I know that they've played very poorly recently. Um, I think the defensive line is going to be a problem for them against Bama, but the offensive line isn't exactly a great strength for Bama, so I look at that as a little bit of a push. Uh, and then I look at, you know, how good is Blake Sims going to play? He's been really good so far. Uh, but I look at Auburn and I think, well, you know, what if Malzahn went crazy and Jeremy Johnson started that game after two? I, I don't know, man. Like, I just see Auburn as a, such a, a talented wild card team with nothing to lose. And that, to me, that's dangerous. Yeah, and, and and a lot of people ask about Auburn, what happened to them. I think the combination of things they didn't they didn't have depth at certain positions. The schedule got them, but having two weeks off with a bad taste in your mouth can sometimes. We saw Georgia look look what they did against Florida. Yeah. Florida yeah. annihilated them, and then they came in and annihilated Auburn. So I just want fans to realize November is a very difficult month for teams because the pressure starts mounting. You've got Sims, a quarterback that that's never been in a game this big where it's do or die, really. The Mississippi State game, honestly, we knew what was going to happen. You knew, I knew that Alabama yeah. was going to wipe the floor with them, and they did. But when you've got a team like Auburn that has nothing to lose, that can throw the kitchen sink at you, go for it on fourth down, fake punts, anything – you gotta also you gotta be cautious. And I don't think Saban I think he's a great coach and I think he'll be ready and have his team ready. But just don't don't take it for granted out there. And and in the news, Trey, I don't know where Paul Ewing is. Uh and we'll get to Alabama when we get Sonya and Jason on and we'll talk about the Gophers a little bit. But the Florida Gators fired Will Muschamp after a loss, home loss against South Carolina Saturday. Are you surprised they just didn't wait to the end of the season? And, and why did they do it now? Well, you know, I do find it a little bit odd because of recruiting. And I, and I know that seems a little bit odd because you have a, you know, uh, a new coach who's coming maybe sooner or at least announced sooner, and so that helps recruiting. But uh, Florida had a couple, even though the recruiting class on paper right now wasn't great, uh, Will, Will Muschamp had a couple of, five-star defensive guys who are in the top five, uh, C.C. Jefferson and, and Cowart, who were both very strongly considering Florida. And uh, that's not that's, – that's, that's taking a pretty big hit with Muschamp being gone right now. And you would hope they maybe had waited a little long if you're a Florida fan and, and, you know, maybe get these guys in with some of the assistant coaches who may be staying around. Um, but I think it hurts recruiting for them, and I think we're going to see that this year depending on who Florida gets in. Um, so I'm a little surprised they did it that way. Um, for recruiting sake. Um, we already know Dante Fowler is already now he's going to the NFL because of the whole decision. He tweeted out um, that it's not something to the effect of, I came in with a champ, I'm leaving with a champ. So it looks like he's going to the NFL for Florida. So um, apparently it's not a very popular decision among the locker room. And if that's the case, Tarvin, recruits will know that. Yeah, and I, I just want to give a shout-out to Will Muschamp for the way the class he's shown during the last couple of years, all the crap he's going through. I've seen the man mature. I've seen him humbled. And the way he's handled this road this season, I mean, if you're a Florida Gator fan and you talk bad about Will Muschamp, you don't deserve to be 
a Florida Gator. I mean, honestly, this guy, and I don't like Muschamp trade. I never have, really. And, I, and if I'm telling you this, I really have seen a change in this man. I think eventually one day he's going to be a very good, dangerous head coach. He's just he, – he just it's hard to be a head coach sometimes. You have to start small. He started big. He started at a powerhouse in Florida. And, Trey, I mean, all these problems are magnified. What do you think – how do you feel Will Muschamp has handled all of this? Well, I mean, I think – the biggest part of Will Muschamp was is being a head coach was offensively not being able to understand what he wanted from an offensive perspective. Um, I, I I think honestly that if they give now I'm wondering what they're going to do with Roper, but if they'd given him a second season, um, maybe they'd have been okay with with that. But I just think Muschamp had a, had a lot of issues with controlling both sides of the ball and special teams. Uh, he'll he'll be hired next year if he wants to be hired next year. I mean, I, I just. The guy is an amazing defensive recruiter and coordinator. Um, honestly, as a Florida State fan, I really respect him. Must champ always have, um, and I just think he's going to bounce back with someone real good. I would, I mean, I tell you right now, I'd love to have him somewhere on the staff at Florida State. I would love to have him as a defensive coordinator at Auburn. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, and, and I mean, I respect what he can do on defense. Do I love the guy? Not really, but if he can recruit and, and help us tackle somebody, yeah, I'll bring him in. I mean, <laughs> I don't care. I don't. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be like that. Whatever it takes to win, I'll do. And trying to get this studio working, Trey. I, I'm, I'm almost ready. I think I might can get Sonya and them on in just a minute, but I still can't get my finger on that little tab to to hit them. So I'm still working on that, guys. Be patient with me just a moment, but. Do you think he ends up as a head coach at a smaller school? Do you think he takes a year off? Do you think he goes straight into being a defensive coordinator at a powerhouse? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I really – it would be interesting to see what he really wants to do. I mean, maybe he takes a year off and sort of sees – depends on, I guess, how badly he wants to wait for the head coaching gig. I, I think that if we've learned anything from coaching, Tarvin, it, it's that you better strike while the iron is still hot. So if he gets offered a job or has interest, I think you should take it immediately – You've seen a lot of guys who are head coaches in college football at big-time programs time off and never came back. Um, and, you know, for a lot of reasons, some of them were, you know, NCAA-related, some of them weren't, you know, just they were sort of caustic. I mean, Jim Trestle is one of those guys that, who coached at, you know, Ohio State, and, you know, some NCAA stuff went on, and now he's not head coaching or coaching anywhere, really. Um, and so, you know, I think you need to get a job, and then they'll get offered head coaching jobs. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what he does. I'll tell you. I think if he wants it, there's going to be a lot of a lot of interest from a coordinator position. Yeah, and I know Auburn's already reached out to him, but I don't know if it was just to say, you know, sorry about your loss, you know, and everything. We'll be looking out for you. Or I just don't want to see him go jump jump in and take a job at like Troy or something, you know, and then go to be a head coach. I think he has a better shot of getting back into into head coaching if he. Say if he went to Auburn and led them to a championship on the defensive side of the ball, and he learned a thing or two about what I mean. You learn from your mistakes, and I think Will Muschamp the next time he coaches, next time he's a head coach, I think he's going to be very good. So I'm not ready to throw him away just yet. But Charlie Strong's name, you know, I don't think he's going to leave Texas to go to Florida. So my next question is, Trey, who do you think Florida goes to? Who they get? I heard Gundy. I've heard Malzahn. I've heard all these names. Who do you think Florida's going after? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because around this time when Texas was looking 
and Charlie Strong was not being mentioned, uh, Bovada had him as their number one odds on favorite to get the job at Texas and, and did. And you mentioned Dundee, and he's not a name that ESPN or CBS or anybody's really reporting on, um, but he's the odds-on favorite, according to Bovada. It would not <laughs> – I tell you what, it wouldn't surprise me. He's doing, great, he's doing a good job at Oklahoma State. I, mean, I don't really like the guy that whole much. Um, I think he's kind of a, a caustic figure and a guy who doesn't really treat his players all that great. Uh and so I'd love to hate him, I guess, if he went to Florida. But, I mean, he's the odds-on favorite. Whether or not he gets – I would be surprised, given sort of his history. But anything can happen. Gundy, and I, I'll guarantee you this, and you can say what you want. Florida, you know, Charlie Strong is not an offensive-minded guy. He's a defensive coach. And I think Florida's going after someone that knows offense, damn it, regardless. They're going after offense, and it's going to be a Gundy. It's going to be if Dan Mullet would actually – leave Mississippi State now, you know, before I thought so. You never know what can happen. But it's going to be an offensive guy. Somebody said Rich Rodriguez, and I laughed. And I'm like, dude, he's not going to be in the S. I don't think an SEC team would hire Rich Rodriguez. And I've heard, um, what's the coach's name at Ole Miss, Hugh Freeze. I just don't think that would be a good fit. But I think Mike Gundy is going to be the coach of the Florida Gators. Bob Stoops has already come out and said he's not interested, and trust me, if he was interested, he would have already jumped on that because Oklahoma's out of any kind of playoff, any kind of big bowl, really. So I think that leaves Gundy, Trey. The man, he's 40. I don't know, he's 50 now, but remember, he's a man, he's 40. I think he's your (laughs) new coach of Florida. Well, yeah, here's an interesting name, uh, and I haven't heard anyone talk about this name anywhere, and you tell me what you think. But I think if offensive-minded guys and, and, and guys who are on the teams, let's say, uh, necessarily aren't popular teams among the, amongst the top 25, I think a Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, the guy uh, was kind of an offensive genius for it, and he went over to Texas Tech as alma mater, uh, but hasn't really done that great there. Uh, but the guy is offensively crazy, crazy good. Um, I'm not saying Florida's going to hire him, but I'm saying if that would be a crazy way to go for Florida. I mean, the guy could recruit at Florida if he really wanted to. Well, that's a that's a good name. But I think they want a more proven coach. And, and if I was going to the route, you know, what's his name, Morris for Clemson, the offensive coordinator? You know, you look at Auburn, took a chance on Miles Vaughn, an offensive guy, Ole Miss, Hugh Freeze. What about Florida looking at? going to Dabo Sweeney's camp and, and taking away his most prized possession, really, the offensive coordinator. I mean, not, nobody's really talking about that one. That's just one I thought about. Well, I mean, it's possible. I mean, what about what about doing – I mean, if you're going to go the coordinator route, and I know Kirby Smart's a defensive guy, but how crazy would it be to take somebody out of Alabama staff? <laughs> how about take Saban away from Alabama and put him in Florida? <laughs> that, would make, that, that, would, that would make me happy. <laughs> maybe maybe he'll take uh, Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I mean, you never know. I wonder what Sonya would think if Saban went to Florida. Would she be a Gator fan or would she stay a Bama fan? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she would be a Bama fan and she'd cuss Saban every day of her life, probably. <laughs> but I'm trying to get her on right quick. I want her take on the, on the new rankings. And we're not going through a game-by-game uh, line up right now tonight like we normally do. We're just kind of getting back into the waters of of radio. We miss a couple weeks. We 
we've had a lot going on, Trey. But any any games this weekend in college football that that you're circled? I mean, there's some weak games. You look at the top 25. Yeah. I mean, it's embarrassing some of the games. I mean, Clemson's playing Georgia State. Auburn playing Sanford, Bama playing Western Carolina. I mean, I guess the biggest game I'm looking at that interests me, I like that Minnesota-Nebraska game. Well, I mean, I don't know how the Western Carolina-Alabama game doesn't interest you. Um, <laughs> Tennessee-Missouri, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think outside of the top 25, there's some interest there. Uh, for sure. Um, Minnesota-Nebraska is interesting. I agree with you. And, and some of these games will be – I haven't posted the our pick them yet, Tarvin, just because, um, you know, we weren't going to talk about it tonight, so I didn't, I didn't view it that pressing. I'll have it posted later on tonight, so there will be some games on there from Thursday, especially the Kansas State-West Virginia game will be on there for sure. Ole Miss-Arkansas, I think, is a little intriguing. Um, I think Arkansas is getting a little too much love. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what Jabot Wallace shows up. Ole Miss is getting a lot of play, and you know, they're a two-loss team that can make it somehow. Well, I, I don't know. I don't even know if they're going to be two losses when they play Ole Miss, or when they play Mississippi State. So we'll have to see on that one, Tarvin. So that's got a little intrigue for me. Um, there, I think Arizona-Utah is kind of interesting, given that both those teams are kind of evenly situated. Um, Missouri-Tennessee, I think, is interesting uh, as well. I agree with you on that one. Uh, but other than that, Tarvin, uh, the big game to me, the biggest game of the whole weekend is USC-UCLA. Yep, that's going to be a big one. And, and, and you know, I looked at three-loss teams. Utah is a three-loss team, and Auburn's a three-loss team. They're both getting, you know, some love from the committee. They're getting respect for those schedules they play. But, yeah, USC, UCLA, I just I just can't help but, but kind of viewing, you know, looking in the horizon at next week. I know this week Georgia fans are, are going to be huge Tennessee volunteer fans, Trey, and Tennessee – you know, a favorite in this game, losing, I think it's A.J. Johnson and another guy suspended for possible rape allegations. I mean, how is that going to affect Tennessee? They're riding a lot of momentum. Um, I mean, they're playing very good football, a chance to be bowl eligible. I mean, if they beat Missouri and they beat Vanderbilt, this is a 7-5 and five Tennessee team with a chance to win eight games in a bowl game. This Tennessee team could be something special towards the end of this season. Well, I mean, I think they could be in a bowl, which is huge for Tennessee. And I think, obviously, that's as a Tennessee fan, they, they've not seen a bowl hole in a little bit of time. So they're playing for something. And I think that's always good if you're a fan that your team's playing for something. Um, the the thing about this game that really kind of interests me is uh, a lot of – and not necessarily the Tennessee storylines. I know you and I get um, some hate on that we – they say we follow Tennessee too much, and which is kind of really weird, Tarvin, because I am the least – Tennessee fan ever. I have no opinion of Tennessee, but I find the program intriguing a little bit. Uh, maybe it's because Coach Lett was coming, was coming on here so frequently, and I enjoyed talking to him. But uh, the other storyline about this game that I really am interested in is, is the Missouri. You know, last year Missouri had this storyline that nobody cared and they were never going to make it to the championship game, and they did. Um, and they played Auburn pretty well. Um, you know, people talk about, oh, look at the score at the end of the game. Well, look at the score during, up into the fourth quarter. It was a very competitive game for a while. And I just, what if Missouri does it again? I mean, Missouri, a very mediocre Big 12 team, and, you know, for, for year after year after year, uh, you know, year two, they're in the SEC championship game. Year three, they're back in the consideration again. I mean, man, that, that just tells you that the, the East is so weak. Um, 
I think Missouri has a shot here. I really do. I think Missouri could win this game, and if they do, you know, I think none of us really want to see Missouri in the Big 12, or excuse me, in the, in the Pac South in the SEC championship game. Um, but they could be there again. Do you realize how bad Mississippi State or Alabama would beat Missouri <laughs> if when they play? I mean, do you? I think the point spread on that game would be at least 17 to 20 points, either team. I mean, I don't care who it is playing these guys. Do you realize if Georgia doesn't make that SEC champ? I mean, if you're in the West, you're praying that Missouri wins out because the yeah. last thing you want to do is play a Georgia team that's gaining a lot of confidence. Even though they lost Gurley with the ACL, the defense is starting to play good. Georgia could ruin any playoff chances for the SEC. So, I mean, this is an interesting couple of weeks we have. Georgia's finished. They're they're locked in now. They're they're going to play Georgia Tech. They know they can't win and make a playoff probably, but they know they're going to be locked into the SEC championship game if Missouri loses. But how bad would it be if Missouri snuck in there and made that game and it actually pulled an upset or something? That would be <laughs> that would be terrible. I mean it's, it, I mean, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't imagine they would win the game against an SEC West champion. I don't imagine it would be close. Um, you know, I'm basing a lot on Missouri's losses. You know, I mean, they, they haven't really won a lot of games convincingly. But I mean, <laughs> think about the Wreck-It Ralph sort of scenario. I mean, that's it. I mean, Missouri gets into the the SEC game, the championship game, and wins it somehow. Oh my God! Like, what do you do at that point? I mean. <laughs> You're That's done. a crazy You're scenario. Done. I mean, you, you don't know what. How, you, I mean, what do you do? You, do you really put Missouri in? I mean, Jesus, <laughs> I I can't even. That scenario is so, it's so laughable, um, but it's possible, and that's the crazy part of it. Yeah, and I'm and I'm an SEC guy. Everybody that listens to this show knows that. I mean, you know, I, my team's in the SEC. I, I respect the conference, but if Missouri wins this thing. The SEC does not deserve a team to be in it. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not going to happen. I would rather see two Big 12 teams. I'd rather see TCU and Baylor both in there than any SEC team if that happened because Missouri would get embarrassed if they played in that Final Four. So, I mean, this is this could be havoc for the SEC. So, if you're an SEC fan, which I don't know many people that just are, you, you want Alabama to win out. You want Mississippi State to win out. At least you'll get one of those teams in there. But, man, if Georgia ends up making that SEC championship game, they could beat Mississippi State or Alabama. You never know. But, I mean, Georgia wins the SEC. I still don't think they get in to playoff because of what you said, the losses. So, if you're the SEC, your best bet's Alabama or Mississippi State. You don't want the other scenario, do you? Well, I think – I don't know if you're a fan of a conference, but I'll tell you this. I think Georgia has an outside shot, but it's not a realistic one right now. I really don't. I mean – It's better than Missouri, right? It's better than <laughs> better Missouri, than Missouri. Right? <laughs> yeah. Much better than Missouri. Much better than Missouri. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get – Sonia and Jason, I apologize. Please be patient with me for another minute. I'm trying something else to get in. I, I hate – I don't know if they're still there, but I'm sure they they probably are. So my apologies. I'm trying to get them in here uh, because I want I want their opinion on on what's going on in college football. But what do you think about Nebraska with with their loss? Wisconsin, what's that kid's name that ran for 400 yards on them? What's his name? Uh, it just slipped my Melvin mind. Melvin Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Melvin Gordon. 
Did, did, did he just win the Heisman Trophy? I mean, really. Well, here's the crazy thing. Everybody was talking about that, and then they were like, oh, well, Marcus Mariota is still the front runner. And I scratched my <laughs> head because it's not like Mariota's had all the great games. Mariota has been very consistent this year. I think Mariota is going to be a pretty good NFL quarterback. I think he's still easily up there for Heisman Trophy. Like I said, he's been very consistent all year long. But they have no great, you know, performances to really rely on from him. He's been very good. I'm not saying he has it. I mean, Melvin Gordon, he, and the, what's the crazy part of that whole thing is, I think he had 40 yards rushing in the first quarter, Carvin. I mean, but not nothing impressive. And then between the second and third quarter, the guy had 380 yards rushing, something like something 370 yards rushing. In two quarters, Carvin, in two quarters, the guy rushed like 360s or 70 yards. And then he set out the entire fourth quarter and still broke the NCAA record. <laughs> I mean, that is insane. And, and by the way, he rushed for, what, 150 yards against LSU in that Vonta defense? I'm just saying, the guy has put up numbers in the big games. Um, but how bad I, yeah, is Nebraska here? How bad is Nebraska? <laughs> if you think about that, I well, mean, that's not the first time this has happened. In the Big Ten championship two years ago, Wisconsin did the same thing. I think it was Gordon that did the same thing, or, or one of those guys. They all have such great running backs. But Nebraska, getting talked about with a shot to make the playoff and win the Big Ten, they lay an egg. I mean, how, that's why Nebraska's barely in the poll right now. Nobody has any respect for this team. Yeah, now Nebraska's still in a place. But, I mean, you you and I have talked about Bo Pelini. You know, Nebraska fans are very conflicted on him. But I just don't see any progression um, we'll see if they get their nine wins like they have every year under Pelini, and maybe they'll be happy with that. But I, I just think Nebraska is a program that historically should be, I mean, especially in a, in a lackluster Big Ten. Tarvin, I, I would expect, if I'm a Nebraska fan, I mean, you know, you know my wife is a, is a Nebraska alum and a Nebraska fan. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, I would like them to do well uh, for my wife. Um, I just think they deserve – to be competing with Ohio State in the Big Ten. They should be that good. And they should be a team that, you know, could be at, you know, 10-1 or something at this point in the year and being in consideration. And they need to they need to be that good. I mean, college football um, is better with Nebraska is better than, than, than this. I mean, Nebraska can you, – you can get recruits by just the name. Imagine if you put, like, a Bill Snyder in Nebraska. I bet he, he'll win the Big Ten yeah. more, than, more than most people would. But – Pelini, you've had your chance. This this Big Ten is not just so strong. You should you should be able to win it from time to time, and you you lay an egg every time you you get up to bat. It's just it's just pathetic. And Nebraska fans call me a hater of them. I don't hate Nebraska at all. I'm just tired of seeing teams. You know, when Auburn gave up what 250 yards rushing to Georgia, I felt like someone put a knife in my stomach and ripped it out. I mean, and this was two guys. This is Gurley. And Chubb, this one guy, Gordon, single-handedly outgained your entire team. I mean, imagine how they felt. I mean, I would. I mean, that's that's a bad feeling to have. I mean, 400 yards rushing, and the guys over there drinking water in the fourth quarter. I mean, just <laughs> looking at you like, hell, I may set a new record. But Bo Pelini should be gone from Nebraska. If you have any kind of sense whatsoever. You know, you need a coach. Nebraska needs it now, Trey. I think he's your next coach that, that's gone before you know it. I think they need to get rid of him and get more of an offensive-minded coach in. Well, here's my proposal to Nebraska, and I know we have a couple of strong Nebraska supporters listening to our show, Joshua Shaw being one of them. 
Um, here's what I think Nebraska deserves, and offense is great, Tarvin, but I, what I'd really like to see is the black shirts come back from Nebraska. That, that ridiculously good defense, um, they'll find some kid who can play quarterback, and they, got, they, have, they always recruit running backs. And, uh, Amir, Amir Abdullah is an NFL-caliber running back who's putting up good numbers. I mean, they have, they have guys who can run the ball, and they find them, and they develop three-star athletes in that regard. Um, they need to get involved. If I'm Bob Nebraska, I say, hey, Will Muschamp. What you, what you doing next year? Because, boy, do we have a team that we could use some fire on defense. And that's where I go. Yeah. I think Will Muschamp can recruit. Well, hold on. I think I may have a chance to get Sonia in. So, Sonia, I'm giving you a second to to prepare yourself. I've been trying to get her in all night long. Let me see if this will work. I can't get the chat. There she is. Sonia, what's going on? Hey. Hey, guys. Hey, Trey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got so She's much to I'm, I'm I'm more excited than you are. I've been trying for an hour, over an hour, to get this whole thing running, and I finally got two callers in now. What's up? <laughs> well, you guys talked about so much, but um, first, before we start discussing anything, um, Tarvin, I want yes. to, on behalf of both groups, Way in Sports, everybody on Facebook who loves you. I mean, you're you're always posting in the groups, and you're, you're a well-known name. You're part of the, the you know, the set. <laughs> you and Trey are in that in that in that group. But on on behalf of everyone, we send a huge, huge hug and just feelings of love towards you and Michelle and the family on the loss of your father. And um, for those who didn't know. Um, and I, I, I'm sorry if I'm bringing it up, but I've made some promises that I would do this if I got on air, that everybody sends their love, they're still praying, and they just want to let you guys know how much we're, you know, we're, we're praying for you. I appreciate that. It's, it's been a very difficult time, and, and, you know, the prayers and the thoughts and the friends you have, it, it really makes things uh, more bearable, and, and I appreciate that, son. Okay. Now let's talk about football. <laughs> First of all, let me tell you, Trey, sweetie, mm-hmm. no matter how many little petty, you know, little debates we've gotten into before, you are one of my favorite FSU fans after seeing some of the mess that I've seen posted by your <laughs> lower-tier fan base. We've got them all, but just please, I just need everybody in, in college football to just sit down and chill out because this is getting ridiculous. The only time these rankings matter is when it's the final four. The rankings change each week. The problem that I see is that people are they're having a very hard time changing over to a new way of viewing teams. Now, this is what I want to say, too. All those SEC haters, okay, because I know there's a bunch of y'all out there, all you SEC haters, this is what you need to understand. When it was a BCS series, all we heard was change it, change it, change it, playoff, playoff, playoff. So guess what? This is what you asked for. Now, the playoff committee promised you to give, they promised to give the 25 best teams in college football using these metrics based on, you know, fan, athlete, you know, coach team, feedback from them. So they are doing what you asked. Do not get upset. They did not say they were going to give you the 25 best teams from each conference or the two from this conference or three from here or whatever. No, the 25 best teams. In the end, if two of those best teams happen to be in the SEC and the committee puts them in there, don't say a word. Go in the corner, sit down, 
and just be quiet. <laughs> Don't talk because this is what you asked for. It doesn't matter to me. Forget the conference stuff. It's This is what we asked for. This is what we're stuck with. So they're setting a precedent. And I totally agree. You know, keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering, Sonia, though, you know, I, I know you heard us talking about Baylor possibly if they win the Big 12, you got a, a Mississippi State team that didn't. Do you think the committee will look at it and say, I'm sorry, Mississippi State, you're the better team, I'm putting you in? Or are they going to, do you think they may weigh that conference championship for Baylor winning the Big 12 and, and move Mississippi State out? I think you see Mississippi State in. I mean, you already see what they think about Baylor, just where they are now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think people need to stop thinking that, okay, the computers are going to – no, it's not computers. It's a bunch of people in a room. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Tarvin, Baylor, Baylor's loss was a really bad yeah. loss. Oh, it was bad. A bad loss. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and that's my husband, for those who don't know. And, and you know, TCU's loss was on the road um, against Baylor. And and that's more forgivable than than on the road against West Virginia. And, and let's not forget, Baylor got dominated by West Virginia in that game. It wasn't close, really. Yeah. Yep. And that's why we're saying, you know, if if people look at the rankings each week, you can kind of see the way the committee is leaning. But what's going on is people are looking at the committee or looking at the playoff rankings through BCS eyes, and when they don't match up, they don't like it. That's your main problem. But when people like us, you know, you, Trey, all of us, we watch it from a college football fan's, you know, point of view, not just where our team is. And to me, so far, the committee's gotten it right. But I'm a Bama fan, so that would be biased, of course. No, I do believe Bama is sorry. I'm like, oh, boy, that said it on the NFL Network. How can you not put Bama at number one when they do that to the number one team in the country? And then you turn around an hour later and you're watching FSU, no offense, but Miami, come on, man, seriously? Now, did they battle back yet? Yeah, James is, that joker got wings on his feet or something. But, you know, but if you look at it, Bama's had to struggle in some games, but with FSU it's always, it's almost like it's a movie. You know, like they, they want to build it to a climax and they want to come from behind to show that they're so good, or maybe it's an okey-doke and it just went a little bit too long, I'm not sure. But to me they got it right. Yeah, whether you're one, two, three, or four, as long as you're at the end, once those final, what is it, December 7th or whatever it is, as long as you're one of those four teams, you're in. But I still think there's a possibility that we could still see some shakeups with two weeks left. I mean, I know this week, Sonia, there's nobody really playing. You look at these games, do you give any kind of upset chance to who's a team out there this weekend that could could really be in trouble? I just – I think next weekend is going to be the week where it all could explode. And even then, after that, we have the conference championships, and anything can happen anytime you're playing a conference championship game. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, this weekend is Bama's homecoming, and everybody knows everybody's homecoming is a sorry game, so that's nothing. Um, And I think there's a lot of other homecomings going on. But looking at the schedule, let me take a look now. Indiana, Ohio State. Oh, that's a that that could be a Big Ten one because Indiana's been up and down. You know they sometimes show up, but you just never know. Um, you see Oklahoma, Kansas, Minnesota, Nebraska. Uh, that's going to be a great game. 
but I really I'm like with, I'm I'm with you. It's not that many great games, but there it's a few okay ones in there. Well, Sonia, since I have you on, and, and Auburn's a team you follow close, I know you you're a team's a tie. What has happened to the Auburn Tigers the, the last couple of weeks? I mean, what are your concerns? A lot of fans are calling for Malzahn's job, calling Ellis Johnson to get fired, and all this over a couple of losses. What do you make out of this? Dude, it's it's these kids are young, okay. Anybody who expected Gus to come in, hit the ground running, and and continue that momentum. Sorry, that's not going to happen. Every program has some down seasons. It happens. Um, Alabama won the national championship in the next year. Guess what? We were, what, 10-2 and two with a bowl loss or, you know, something like that. But anyway, it's one of those things that Auburn, though, and, and even though I am a Bama fan, you know I respect Auburn. I've got my ex-husband was, was an Auburn grad. His, his father-in-law teaches there. Um, Carl Lawson is a very, very good friend of ours. You know, that's, that's her son. So we've got, you know, we, we pay attention to Auburn a lot. And I think what's going on is you guys lost too much on defense, first of all, because that D is, Lord Jesus. I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, just, I'm not, I'm not going to rub it in or, or, or talk about on. it like it's that, but it was just like, we were like, what, come on, Auburn, seriously? Because you're playing Georgia, the choke king? Especially in the SEC. 
Exa- the two the two teams who had, and I call it, we had talked about this, the SEC schedule from hell, that AKA as the Bama 2010, okay? When you looked at Florida's schedule and Auburn's schedule, I was just like, oh, I feel so bad for them. <laughs> I remember that. And if Bama couldn't make it all the way through, they're not going to do it. It's just one of those things, and the thing is, it used to be one team that got it. If you remember um, – before uh, Texas A&M, every couple of years would just get that SEC schedule from hell. Now, you know, because of the, the addition, it's kind of like boom, and it seems to be hitting the East hard. <laughs> I don't know what the heck's going on over there. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> oh god! And the schedule's everything, and and I, you know, as a fan, you want it to work out and everything. But when you, when I started getting concerned with Auburn, is when I started seeing a lot of penalty flags starting throwing around and and some turnovers. That's what caught my eye, and that happened in the Mississippi State game. And then all of a sudden they played Ole Miss, and it was like, okay, okay, I, I'm dealing with it. There were 150 yards of penalties though, still got my eye, and then A and M just just crushed them, and they couldn't. They couldn't come back last week, so that sets up the Iron Bowl, Sonia. As an Alabama fan, before we get out of here, what do you what do you think of that Iron Bowl this year? Um, this is the deal, okay. The Bama fan and me, of course, you know, I'm thinking Bama ain't gonna have no problem. <laughs> but the college football fan in me says, in looking at Auburn, I'm like, you know what? Auburn has shown up, and the one thing that Auburn would want more. <laughs> than making it themselves is to make sure Alabama didn't get there. <laughs> so the exactly. Iron Bowl is always one of those games that you have to watch. You can't just take it for granted. I mean, it's like even – I don't care if a team is up 24-0 halftime, Alabama 2010, you know, <laughs> they can turn around and come back and win. So that's going to be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to say Bama right now. If, if Auburn brings that same team I saw last week, we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's forty nine to nothing again. If if they bring that same team, <laughs> and I also want to give a shout out to Coach Killing the Gophers, still ranked twenty five. Their first time that the Gophers have sniffed, as my baby says, the rankings, and a bunch of bunch of bunch of years. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so Gophers are running around, just you know, ski you mind people and knock them upside the head. So shout out to Coach Kill, even with the loss to Ohio State, they still fought hard. Well, guys, I appreciate y'all coming on. We're about to get off here. And, Sonia, thanks for the shout-out and everything. And we're going to bring y'all back on Sunday night. We'll talk some more football. But, Trey, the last team I want to give a shout-out to before we go is the Tennessee Volunteers. Coach Lett's been on this show a lot. So the way they built this team up, and, I mean, I'm just very proud of them. And, and I'm looking for big things out of the Tennessee Volunteers in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely a team that you got to watch, for sure. Well, anything before we go, buddy? I know we're only going to go an hour tonight, so we've been having trouble and the chat room won't work. Anything you want to discuss before we get out of here, we'll come back Sunday night with a big show. No, man, let's, uh, let's, uh, I'll be out, obviously, as you know, uh, Wednesday uh, and then the, – uh, sorry, Sunday and then Wednesday next week. Um, I'll be on vacation, so I uh, wish you guys the best. And uh, I'll be back after that. All right. We'll, we'll have probably see if Sonya and them want to come and, and join us Sunday night. And, and we'll talk about all these games, possibly go ahead and start matching up 
some of the upcoming week's games because this slate this weekend is not not huge, but you have to worry sometimes. You can't overlook some of these games because anything can happen in November. But, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, and the one thing I want to say, Sonia mentioned about Gurley, and I've, I've said it on this show, you heard me. If I was Gurley, there's no way I'd be coming back to college. I would just train and go to the NFL. Trey, I mean, how sad is it Gurley comes back trying to help his team out, which he did help him, but now, I mean, torn ACL, you never know how players respond from that sometimes. Well, I mean, I, I, any injury is a concerning one. Uh, Gurley is an NFL type talent, um, so we'll, we'll hope that he comes back and see him in the NFL and then see how he can do there. All right. Well, Gurley, like like Tanya said, prayers out to you, man. Be family and everything. I know that's got to be tough, but he did have a huge insurance policy. So if if he doesn't play again, at least he's going to be rich. Well, we'll see you Sunday night, eight thirty p.m. Eastern. We've been out for two weeks. Thanks for joining us, and I apologize for all the issues we've had tonight. But hey, I had fun. Hope everybody else did. We'll see you Sunday.